Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. going on everybody welcome in to underground sports philadelphia episode number 402 a little hybrid makeshift setup because technology baby uh it's matt and kb coming at you from underground studios we have a loaded show to get into from our underground sports philadelphia hall of fame inductees to the ongoing james harden we are in the 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 deal zone the deal zone whatever the deal zone is that sounds uh, like a bad pizza hut campaign uh is danny Breer actually dwight Schrute, and we have our survivor season 42 roster to go over as well jesus christ i had forgotten about that it's crazy we are one month away <laughs> doesn't uh, feel quite feel like we're in february right? i know and everybody in the comments if you can let us know if you can hear matt because we are in a makeshift setup um, so we don't know exactly if his mic's recording on the live stream, but if you're correct, stream, <laughs> let us know and we'll, we'll make the adjustments that need to be made. But big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen. Main Auto LLC, Douche Arms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, the homies over at Tomahawk Shades. The best small batch eyewear in the game. Go to TomahawkShades.com. Use promo code USP for 25% off at checkout. Get the new ski and snow goggles uh, before, you know, winter comes and goes. We are we are in the end game, though, Matt, of these these early sunsets. Right. We are within the 30-day mark of 7 p.m. sunsets. But go get your, your snow goggles, your sunglasses, blue light glasses, TomahawkShades.com. Promo code USP for 25% off at checkout. And, of course, the boys over at Kenwood Beer. Go to KenwoodBeer.com. Use the Kenny Tracker to see who has Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. What's going on, Matt? Living the uh, <laughs> the deal zone dream. The deal zone dream, indeed. Uh, let's get into that first things it's like first. like a failed state farm ad. Yeah. <laughs> like a good neighbor, the deal zone is there. Uh James Harden, the rumors continue to swirl. Uh, who knows? By the by, the time this episode's over, James Harden might be a Sixer. But everybody and and their mother reporting about this James Harden saga, and it continued today with Brian Windhorst saying that the Sixers and the Nets are in the deal zone for James Harden, Ben Simmons, and the Nets just won a king's ransom in return for a guy who has a who more than likely is going to be a free agent at the end of the season. Right, so that's that's the interesting component of this is leverage. That's that's a word we've heard a lot over the last uh, I don't know seventy two hours, when uh, when anyone's been tweeting about this and, and saying that their sources are saying this is all about leverage. So at this moment, it seems like a potential hardened deal would look like Ben Simmons plus one of Seth Curry, Matisse Thybul, or Tyrese Maxey. And potentially a pick included in there as well. Now there might be other guys on the periphery, but that seems to be like the the core of this trade is Ben plus one other guy with James, like in return for James Harden, which I do. Yes, um, <laughs> we would have done that last year. A hundred percent. Where it gets interesting, obviously, is, is what you mentioned that Harden seems to be okay with leaving the Nets this summer, and they would obviously get nothing for that. So there's at least the chance that they could, you know, recoup Ben Simmons and then plus, you know, another uh, value and then maybe even a draft pick, which, again, this is a team that's traded a lot of draft capital away. So that could be helpful to them. Um, either, you know, they'll actually be able to draft with that pick or, again, they could flip that for another asset. So I think that's that's an interesting perspective. I do think, like, the question of leverage is fascinating because 
neither team really has the leverage no. <laughs> in this situation. Ben Simmons has sat out all season and has said he'll continue to do so. So there's no real leverage for the Sixers there in, in flexing Ben Simmons. And I think if I'm the Nets, I'm thinking, all right, well, like, worst case scenario, we still have James Harden on our roster after this for another few months. And maybe something with COVID changes and we're able to have Kyrie play home games again and we win a championship and James Harden decides that he actually wants to stay because they just won a championship. And I don't know, there's $60 million that he can, uh, more than he can have if he stays with the Nets as opposed to leaving in free agency. Now, if they do a sign and trade, that would obviously change. But yeah, there's, I think both sides have reason to believe that they have the leverage in this situation, which is why it's tricky because mm-hmm. they're, they're obviously both trying to, to get one over on another, but um, I am a little tired of like the updates just being uh, the update repackaged in yes. a different word. You know, the, you can only hear so many times that the Sixers are interested in James Harden and that the Nets are interested in Ben Simmons plus Seth Curry or plus uh, Matisse Thibel or plus whoever. We have heard, though, that Maxi is apparently like completely off the table. That is mm-hmm. at least what, what people are saying. Um, if there's one thing we've learned in the past few days is that People don't really know this stuff until it definitively happens. Like every whisper before that is just not, not really tangible. Um, the Kings and, and Pacers trade came out of nowhere. People were surprised by that, considering that it was Tyrese Halliburton uh, being moved. So, you know, no one really had had a whiff of that before it became, you know, a Woj bomb. So, mm-hmm. I just think that a lot of the the stuff you'll see tweeted is hearsay and there's there's no truth to it until it becomes reality and that's that's the way it should be treated for the moment it's all just tweets it's words on the screen um and until something actually happens i'm not i'm not biting too hard and i mean the uh just everybody kind of it happens every nba trade deadline all these random people who just so happen to have blue checks on yes. twitter coming out of the woodworks with with trade uh you know rumors and and things they've heard through sources whether it's vetted or not that was one i saw today it was like i heard information from uh, a source from so and so not completely vetted do you want me to drop it on the timeline <laughs> and there was a poll asking people and then said person quote tweeted it with all of the information it was like a four team trade involving like the pacers the sixers the nets and one other team and i was like dude what are you doing like the only connection you have to the Nets is that Kevin Durant's in your profile picture. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it is it's definitely tis the season for blue check marks to just like say whatever and get uh, and and aggregators as well people who aggregate like every Windhorst or Woj appearance on ESPN um, at NBA are, rumors. Yeah, you are just you are you're living right now. Like if if you could slap ads on your tweets, that's the only way this gets more toxic. So. Yeah, like there has to be like a high degree of skepticism about everything. It seems like, now again, all of this is is based on hearsay, but I do think there's some truth to this. It does seem like James Harden actively wants to leave the Nets. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that he's necessarily can be blamed for that when you consider the state of their season at the moment, how they've imploded the last few weeks. Obviously, the big caveat there is that's been without uh, Kevin Durant, but they only have Kyrie Irving for like very few games left in the rest right. of their season. Um, and James is going to be asked to do a lot of the, the heavy lifting and Durant's still not back for a few weeks. Like the situation is not going to necessarily be improving. You can at least understand that maybe all of the Kyrie stuff has really like graded him and he's, he's just over it. Um, maybe he just doesn't really like playing in Brooklyn. I don't know. Right. I, but I, I do think there's some truth to that entire situation that maybe he really just does genuinely want to leave Brooklyn. There are people within the Sixers organization that he is close with that I'm sure he would, he would love to, to play with and um, that he would love to like work with again. Um, so I think that should definitely not be totally thrown out as, as junk mail. But for the most part, I think like if I had to put like odds on it, I think it's like a 40% chance that James Harden is a Sixer, um, which is good odds. Like you mm-hmm. take those odds, but I would say it's more likely than not still that he is is a sixer in 20 hours. Um, but who knows? I mean, it's just, it's rare for a deal to have like this much noise around it and not come to some kind of fruition. Yeah. I don't know. But like so often in the NBA, like these things just come out of nowhere too. And that's 
that's how it, it usually goes. But um, yeah, I, I'd love to have James Harden as a sixer. That's yes. the obvious point here, right? Like, um, but it's too early to be like projecting what the Sixers would look like with him because I just I don't know that that happens. And I saw one tweet today that like, who knows? Because you can't really trust any tweets that you see uh, during this time of year when it involves the NBA and the trade deadline. But I did see one that like, sorta you could make the justification for it making sense that Daryl's trying to wait until you know m- a minute before the deadline so that no other team in the Eastern Conference really has leverage. To do anything to make a big move because allegedly this whole James Harden deal is the thing holding up a floodgate and a plethora of other deals that would go down in the Eastern Conference, which who knows if that's true or not, but that has, I feel like that makes some sort of sense. Yeah, so like the logic behind that would be if the Sixers trade for James Harden and the Nets acquire Ben Simmons and let's say Thibel and like a first that obviously changes the calculus for every team that's also competing, right? Because now the Sixers have James Harden. They are much improved now. Like, they're already one of the top teams in the East. Now they're adding James Harden to the roster. Um, the Nets are now going to have, like, Ben Simmons. Like, that obviously changes their, like, course. Um, and other teams in the East will want to react to that. So if you can, obviously, give other teams as little time as possible to react through the trade deadline for the rest of the season, then that's, that's obviously a win. Um, the other thing to, to be mindful of is that it's not totally implausible that James Harden could end up somewhere else, too. Right. Like, it's not, you know, that someone else could swoop in with maybe just a, a better offer and, uh, you know, outdo whatever the Sixers can or maybe just give some guarantees that the Sixers aren't willing to give at the moment and pry James Harden away. That would also be contingent on him wanting to leave, you know, potentially. But um, I, yeah, I I think a lot of that is just also conjecture. Like, <laughs> like with most everything else in the trade deadline, so much of it is just people being able to look at two situations and come up with like a good narrative. It's all mm-hmm. about, it's like marketing and branding. <laughs> That's honestly what it is. And it's all about being able to sell a good story. And this is a good story that a lot of people can sell and you can give enough vague tweets. And the thing is no one really like holds you like super accountable for these tweets. No one's going to look back in even a week and like, and just be like totally brutal to someone because right. they tweet. Well, I didn't know. Most oh, of my wrong. source told me, you know, like no one, no one really goes back and like retweet Armageddon's these types of stuff, unless it's something like totally egregious or that person is like, is really burned like that, uh, like that Ari Abraham guy. Like, yeah, he, but you know, like outside of that, you know, like, but he committed to the bit, right? right? Like fully committed. If you're just being vague and just saying, well, I'm hearing that the James Harden deal is done, then cool because if you're if it happens then you clearly knew you clearly had sources vin Fosh gets away with that on twitter with anything how did you know that's exactly who i was thinking of that's exactly have you read his twitter bio lately i have not Um, says broke the bryce harper signing the daryl morey deal all this different stuff it's like dude if you put those like if you have to mount trophies in your twitter bio that's that's a little too much for me. I mean, live your life the way you want to, but that just seems... And it's hilarious when you go behavior. back and look at his Twitter and just search his Twitter handle, Bryce Harper signed with, he tweeted out all 30 baseball teams. <laughs> I wonder if it's a bit. I wonder if like he's like, self-aware. Be. It has to be, right? Has, has to, to be. be. He's the Was he the guy that was upset because he didn't get into the Sixers Twitter uh, March Madness yes. bracket? Right. What a time. <laughs> Remember, remember that was something you could get actually upset about. That was before the world had like a pandemic, and it was like maybe there's just bigger shit to worry about than get onto a, a very meaningless uh, March Madness bracket. Unbelievable. Um, God, that was one hell of a time. And the East is just ever changing now. Um, you know, a week ago we were talking about the Sixers could be in first place in the East. They're currently fifth after. Uh, some tough losses to the the Mavericks and the Suns, but I mean, relatively speaking, you have three winnable games at your disposal with the the teams you're going to be playing soon. And obviously, the Cavs are a much improved team this year. But you're at home; you should be able to take care of business against the Cavs. And then you have the Thunder uh, on Friday. It's which, the uh, Tobias Harris reunion game. I wonder if they'll put the uh, "Thank You Tobias" graphic up on the. You know, so I actually think the Tobias to Thunder rumors is this is my 
genuine theory. The Tobias to the Thunder rumors are really to heat pressure on the Nets mm-hmm. because that is the way that the Sixers can openly re-sign James Harden in the offseason is if you if you uh, salary dump Tobias. Um, so I I, th- I do think that is a, a planted story. Now, if it ends up coming true, like, cool, right? But right. I do think that's a planted story to make the Nets nervous. That Yeah, because like, it's conceivable, right? It's a totally believable thing that we could sell uh, Tobias off for, for some kind of salary dump, maybe get a third team or something. Um, and then we'd have the cap space this summer to openly sign James Harden. So we actually don't need to do a trade right now. You're right. Yeah. Uh, like, And you can just lose him to us for free this summer we're willing to wait on it you know like so i think i do think that's um i i really do think that's that's some kind of plant now with with everything going on trade deadline wise like obviously the sixers need to get him beat some sort of help and doc rivers uh flat out said it in his press conference after the game either against the suns or it was la- it was uh, last night's game, okay yeah. so he said we, we need another guard yeah where do you turn to say this James Harden stuff doesn't come to fruition? Where do you kind of pivot to to get those ancillary pieces where you get that backup point guard so Furkan Korkmaz isn't your backup point guard right now? Yeah, I mean, really the ideal situation is in the summer to make uh, <laughs> yeah uh, better, more equitable decisions. Um, it's hard It's hard to really say right now who who is actually available that the Sixers would be interested in. I know people have uh, have linked Dennis Schroeder to the Sixers. I don't personally see that happening um, in any kind of way. Um, the, the Mavs situation is interesting, right? Because you have Jalen Brunson, who apparently they're not interested in re-signing long-term. Um, Bring him home. I would take Jalen Brunson on the Sixers, but uh, you know, I, don't, I don't know that that's happening. And I, I think he also, he seems like the type of player that wants to have more of a defined starting role, whereas here, like, it's a weird situation between him and Maxie. Um, yeah, so I wonder if there's just a situation like that where there's someone stressed that, that they can look at and, and maybe maybe pick up a deal. I, I don't really have tons of names off the top of my head. I think it's interesting, right, though, because there's been a lot of movement at this trade deadline, mm-hmm. and, and we had mentioned, like, you know, like I really felt that we were going to get, like, big trades, and we have so far. And, like, one of those big teams is, is Portland that have made uh, lots of moves so far. And they're interesting in the summer, too, because they've cleared – like 58 million in cap mm-hmm. space now. Um, and they have their pick. Dame is going to get shut down for the season. And they're he just wants gonna... to stay in Portland. Well, here's the thing, though. I, I don't I actually think like the Trailblazers in like a year could be good again, like 100%. You know, like it, it's, it might be a little more long term, and I don't know quite how the timelines are going to match up. But, um, you know, like they, if they tank the rest of the season, right? Let's say they end up with like a top five pick, they now have the Pelicans' first round pick. Pelicans could very easily miss the playoffs still. Like, the, the Zion stuff is still very nebulous. We don't know when he's actually coming back. At best, they're in a playoff, play-in game. They're not making a guaranteed they're the playoff 10 seed spot. Right now. Yeah, so they would be playing the Timberwolves uh, for, for a play-in spot now. It's very unlikely that they're, they're catching the Nuggets, right? Like, that's just not happening. Um, so you could end up feasibly with a lottery pick here because, you know, the Kings are making a run at it in the West. Like, we'll see, you know, how that, how that shakes out. Um, that trade, we'll talk about that trade. <laughs> Obscene. Absurd. So I think the Trailblazers are making a bet like, hey, like we'll take you know the 15th pick and let's say the 5th pick in the draft and add that to a core with Damian Lillard and we'll go like get a big free agent like James Harden. <laughs> like, and, you know, like Kawhi not Leonard, really, right? <laughs> uh, no, Kawhi's locked down now with the, uh, the Clippers. Oh, but, okay. For but some you know, reason, I thought he was a free. But he was supposed to be, which was like part of the the nail biting. I think that was going on. But he did resign, and but you know, like they could be contenders for like anyone on the market this summer. Like that is that is totally feasible. Portland, you have cap space. Let me tell you about this brilliant, well-read, <laughs> investing power forward known as Tobias Harris. Uh, Tobias Harris and DeAndre Ayton on the Blazers with Damian Lillard. There you go. There you go. Sort it out for you. I mean, Aiton could end up a blazer, and I think that could actually be fascinating. And then, you again, you get, like, a top five pick. Uh, you get, a uh, like, a late lottery, like, 16th pick, something like that. And I, I don't know. I, I don't hate totally what the Trailblazers are doing. The Kings. 
Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week, and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, what a dumpster fire So, like, Halliburton is, like, a great young player. Yes. That has a promising future for sure. It's hard to say, like, will he be top whatever, because that's always hard to project. But he is certainly a player you want to hang on to. Mm-hmm. That, And it seemed like all throughout our supposed trade discussions, uh, he was seen as untouchable, um, that Ben Simmons for him was, was not going to work. Any kind of lumping together there was just not going to happen. We were asking for too much. I don't get how... They they move him and Buddy Healed for so Sabonis is a good player. I don't I don't want to like besmirch. The, but he's not Sabonis. great. He's but he's the best player in that trade right now. Like he's very he I think he's good. I think he's a good player. But it's just bizarre because you have also a similarly good younger player mm-hmm. on a rookie deal. I guess they're banking on like Fox and Sabonis being just a very good fit together. And hoping Which, that that, that just him. reminds me of Oladipo and Sabonis. It just reminds me of bad decision making. Yeah, which is <laughs> a, a key component of the Kings because you're you're really se- like selling your future for the present, and your present isn't very good. Like you're not in a good position. I I, I don't quite get it. For the Pacers, it's it's certainly a good position mm-hmm. to find yourself in now. Um, and I, I think they'll love where they're they're at and for the future. And again, the Pacers could potentially have like a you know a, t- a top pick this year. Uh, it's not inconceivable that maybe they just decide you know what, maybe we'll just lean into the the curve of the tank this year, which they historically have never done. By the way, the Pacers mm-hmm. have always been like a, a playoff team. You know, like I think the last time they picked in the lottery was like. In 1990, like they, they the, the the lowest or highest pick, however you want to consider, I think they picked tenth in wow. 19. Like they just don't get picks like that. And this is gonna be a good draft. Again, maybe the Pacers get obscenely lucky and get like the first pick. And now you like, of course, all that is ifs ands, buts, maybes. But like with the lottery odds as they are now, like you're on equal footing, even if you're like the fifth worst mm-hmm. team in the league. Like you don't have to be bottoming out like you can be bad and finish as like the sixth worst team and still end up with like the number three pick and like that's you know what <laughs> that's not bad yep. look at the raptors they they ended up with scotty barnes great and their teams look good scotty and, barnes. <laughs> and you know what like i just i think that some of these teams i i'm not quite sure i get the direction that they're heading but that's the nba for you. down they're, they're heading down definitely towards uh, the basement but yeah, we'll keep you guys up to date as long as we're live. If anything happens with uh, the James Harden rumor mill, um, but Matt, I think it is time to get into our Underground Sports Philadelphia Hall of Fame inductees. Had some fan submissions, had some fan polls go out. I did a little brainstorming because obviously we have uh, the Team of the Year award now in effect for the second straight year. But I did have something pop in my head with that, so we'll get into all of it. But as you guys know, it is our pinned tweet. The ballot this year was MVP Bryce Harper, Joel Embiid, the Carson Wentz pick conveying as a first-rounder, Izzy the Cat, hashtag raise the cat, Color Star Chronicles, the OG Fanatic Returns, Nick Sirianni's Flowers, Jason Kelsey, the stupidity of crypto and NFTs, and of course, Zach Wheeler's robbed Cy Young season. Matt, I figure we get to our picks. We'll incorporate the fan votes and everything, and that will... Uh, Full-blown determine our fourth class for the Underground Sports Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I think there's definitely three locks on this list, being MVP Bryce Harper, Joel Embiid, and Jason Kelsey. Yeah, hard to uh, hard to argue. My fourth, oh, man, it's hard between Izzy the Cat and uh, Carson Wentz pick conveying as a first-rounder. 
Um, you can't tell the story of the process without a little segue about Raise the Cat mm-hmm. and Carson Wentz ending up uh, playing enough of this season to give us a first rounder while also hilariously imploding the last game of the season is great and I think should be enshrined in memory. I just thought, you know. Yeah, I, I was looking because, you know, I know baseball, their thing is it's got to be, you know, over 65% or 70% of the vote. And obviously we don't have as many, you right. know, voters and everything. But I figured if, if the fan votes got at least 20%, that should definitely be enshrined. Uh, Jason Kelsey got the overwhelming vote in the fan vote. Uh, but the, the Wentz pick being a first-rounder did get 23.1% of the vote. So I think that will definitely be something we have to consider there. Um, and with the Sixers, uh, Joel Embiid got the overwhelming percent of the vote there. Izzy the Cat did get 21.1% of the vote. Um, and then with our Phillies ballot, I will have to go and search that one. But I do know... It was a two-dog race uh, with the OG Fanatic and MVP Bryce Harper. So, I mean, we also said you can submit multiple picks. We're not, you know, on a, a thing like Major League Baseball or the NFL where it's only a certain amount of people get in. Um, but I do think this year's class was one of the strongest we've had since we started this podcast. Yeah, because you had an actual MVP and a potential MVP. So that's rare in of itself. Um, you had the unfortunate passing of Izzy the Cat, a pillar of the Trust the Process era. I just I think the Carson Wentz stuff is hilarious. You have Jason Kelsey kind of, I think, establishing himself as First one of the all-time, all-time Philly greats like of, of athletes. Um, finally, we have the return of like the real fanatic. You have a... I, <laughs> two podcast bits almost that are <laughs> like wild stories that... and what should have been a Cy Young too I mean yeah. it's just hard like these are all like in their own right really uh really strong contenders the OG fanatic returning got the most of the second place votes from the three fan votes we put out uh at 33.3 percent Bryce Harper MVP got 63.6 percent of the vote I the, we'll, we'll cycle back to these, but the team of the year thing, we obviously said the Philadelphia Union, they're the reigning team of the year. And then I was thinking, I was like, wait a minute, we had another pretty successful team this year. The Delaware Blue Coats it's true. won a title this year in the Vegas Showcase. Um, they they went all the way to the G League bubble final in 2021. Tragic loss. I think both teams are there. I don't know if we should open up uh, a sector since it is you know quote unquote minor league right um with with the blue coats but i think both of those teams had you know team of the year type performances this year with the union getting back to the playoffs for you know uh, covid rescheduling away right. from winning you know the east i still think it's the union for me i lo- i love the blue coats love what they did but i i think you know, you got to give credit to the people doing it at the at the, at the top pro. top level. No, no, sh- no shade, but no shade. Maybe next year we have the maybe the minor yeah. league, uh, especially since AAA baseball is going to be playing 150 games this year. <laughs> Who knows what the Iron Pigs will be up to? Well, <laughs> might be the only baseball we get, right? <laughs> Speaking of the Iron Pigs, too, Matt Gelb, shout out, one of the best writers in the city, did a phenomenal piece on uh, Daniel Brito his recovery and everything uh, that came out today. Definitely worth the read. Um, but our legend award, our, our Geo, the podcaster, legend award, uh, or I'm sorry, that's the community award. Uh, the legend award, though, we, we kind of agreed. It, it's got to go to Mark Zumoff. Coming Absolutely. in for a landing, a hell of a career, uh, a basketball Hall of Fame type career, and uh, we're going to induct Zoo there. The community award... It was it was tough to come across this year, um, but I don't know if anything stood out to you in terms of the Philadelphia community this year, uh, like it has the past couple years with, with Geo, and we obviously mm-hmm. named the award after him, and then last season we did it for the Sixers content team with everything they did throughout the pandemic, highlighting you know sm- uh, small businesses, you know 
black owned businesses and, and just the phenomenal job they all did uh, throughout last year. But this year was, there's, there's a lot that has gone down. Um, but I, I don't know if we've come to the conclusion yet of who right. takes it home. Hard to say. This that's one that needs more. Uh, I need more thinking, more processing power. On that see one. what you did there. Um, so we will we will announce the community award uh, sometime this week or on next week's show. But overall, I think uh, with this class of of Hall of Fame, you know, hopefuls, I think Bryce Harper's MVP season is getting in to go along with his signing in Philadelphia that has already been inducted. Uh, Joel Embiid is going to join his mask in our Hall of Fame, <laughs> the which is wild to think about that that was our first year of podcasting. Yeah. Shout out Marco Fultz. <laughs> uh, Carson Wentz, his pick conveying as a first rounder, and now Doug Peterson back in the NFL too. Oh my God. Uh, I think Izzy the Cat has to get in, hashtag raise the cat, getting you know over 20% of the fan vote. Uh, I think our two podcast adventures this year that were placed on the ballot, <laughs> and one is kind of just a a moniker for our show, and it was highlighted in our year in review video, which is available on YouTube now. Uh, the stupidity of crypto and NFTs, I think, is just a just, a timeless one. Honestly, one. Well, did you see that? Um, they arrested this couple that had stolen three point six billion. My mom was telling of, me about uh, this Bitcoin. And the like, the the woman has like these TikToks talking about how she was like girl bossing, you uh -huh. know, about how she like built this these businesses. Which is hilarious no... that we like said that's how people approach crypto and Bitcoin well, in your DMs on Instagram. And it's like insane too because like, crypto and, and all this was supposed to be like this. This was not supposed to be able to happen. And then it's also supposed to be like non-regulated and all this stuff. And then they're like crying for regulation. Like it's, it's such a funny experiment on this, like this idea that like, I don't need government regulation. And then people swindle you out of whatever savings that you put in. Like, well, why didn't the government do anything? Like, <laughs> stupid. Um, Play stupid games. You lose billions of dollars in fake digital money to TikTok girl bosses. Uh, Jason Kelsey certified lock. I think the return of the, the fanatic, the, the Phillies main account tweeting out, you know, the, the ever hilarious, everybody crowded in the bar watching the TV. And then the fanatic pops up on the TV tweet was absolute gold. Um, and like we said, when the fanatic did return, you know, now we don't have to hear about how we want the old fanatic back. I think that couples into it as well. Um, and then, we we do have another installation of Color Star Chronicles tonight, Matt, because Color World did go live. Um, finally. Finally made it. Finally up and running, uh, which there is a very funny part of it that kind of goes into our home stoner branch of our research. Um, but yeah, we will officially tweet out the inductees, but I think Bryce Harper, lock. Joel Embiid, a lock. Jason Kelsey, a lock. The OG Fanatics return. Carson Wentz's pick conveying as a first rounder. Izzy the Cat. And then uh, the stupidity of crypto and NFTs along with Color Star Chronicles. They they get in. Uh, so a loaded Hall of Fame class along with Mark Zumoff as our Legend Award. Uh, and of course the Philadelphia Union two-time Underground Sports Philadelphia Team of the Year. And then later this week we will also announce... Um, the community award, and you know maybe we'll put out one final ballot as well, with everything to uh, solidify things. But those are the the eight right there. So, in terms of the fan votes, uh, the snubbed Zach Wheeler Cy Young season got I believe four percent of the vote uh, on the Phillies ballot. If I'm not mistaken, here I'm gonna pull that up. Three percent of the vote. Uh, for Wheeler's robbed Cy Young season. I feel like that's one where it's like we put it on there, but so many people just want to forget that he got snubbed. It hurts. Still it hurts. It's painful. Uh, and then Nick Sirianni's flowers, which did sprout and, and grow into a, a, a playoff berth, got 11.5% of the vote on the Eagles ballot. 
Still a lot of Nick Sirianni to go, so we'll see what happens there. But at least eight inductees in this year's uh, Underground Sports Philadelphia Hall of Fame class, along with our Legend Award, our Community Award to be announced, and uh, our Philadelphia Union being the two-time Team of the Year. But Matt, it is time for Color Star Chronicles. So I was just I was just uh, looking at the awesome screenshots. Of Volume the, six is here. The Color Star app and how uh, how absolutely awful it looks. I this heard is, CJ from the Red Ricky Sanchez say it kind of looks like GTA three. I was gonna say it very much looks like Grand Theft Auto uh, running on a, a PlayStation one. And it's, apparently, well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna show you, and then we can, this is uh, this is how you interact with Shaquille O'Neal's video. That's what it looks like. Nice and condensed, squeezed that picture is, of Cleveland Cavaliers. That's that word art. Nice. That is just word art. Um, apparently, that's also the New York City skyline. One of the very few cities that Shaquille and, and look at that. They have him like fading in in the background. That's awful looking. Oh my goodness. Is that New York City? I can't even tell. So it's funny you bring up New York City. And I'm going to bring up one of our, our bookmarked things here from our escapades into uh, Color Star Chronicles. But the the funny thing here, Matt, is apparently the, the Color World app, it kind of locates you in Dubai. Which we all know that's where our good friend Lucas Caption is uh, posted up at. Um the the thing with with everything else it splits locations up and the united states is one of them it's coming soon apparently but you know what else is available man new york is its own little entity now if we we go back and remember uh when we were doing some deep dive i forget which uh volume of color star chronicles this was but if I can find the website here, remember that website with all of the kind of, you know, ambassadors to all the countries and everything, there was the U.S., and then there was New York. And that stood out in my brain that the Color World app split things up with the U.S. and New York. Wow. <laughs> so, I... Reading about what the app is supposed to do, it's like, it's just Zoom, but you can, like, walk around in it mm -hmm. and, like, go, show up to a meeting. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Why? Why is anyone downloading this? Do not miss the opportunity to hold long-distance meetings at Color Star Coffee, take high-quality courses, provide... Provided by Color Star Library and experience an in-game fancy shopping mall. Stupid. Yeah, let's not forget our regional New York president, Paul Sladkis. Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer. Upper 90. You already down. know. You it's more already no. I think that's we, how it always goes. Like forty-five minutes, and we're at like Chelsea. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back. Apparently, like, you have to, like, teach yourself how to walk around in the color world and, like, learn directions and everything. But then you can, like, pinpoint locations you want to go to. 
It's a whole mess. The app looks terrible. <laughs> Someone is offering in uh, the Color Star Twitter replies that they'll give them the actual Color Star tech domain for a thousand dollars. What is what is wrong with us? Color World's live. Great. I'm sure it's uh, by, by everything I've been reading about it, it's not working at all. No. And uh, half of it is still closed and says it's opening soon and there's no way to interact with anyone else. <clears throat> and you can't, like, you buy tickets that do nothing. So yep. That's good. I'm sure it's not Very a scam. Very on brand. I'm sure it's not a scam. Uh, so everybody who is uh, living the NFT metaverse dream, go enjoy Color World. Um but it did stand out to me that they split up the U.S. and New York, and that was part of our, our home stoner faction of the uh, the web of Color Star Chronicles um, that we've spent so much time talking about. Um, but, Matt, did you see? It's rare that we get a chance to talk about the Flyers on this show because they've been so bad, but Danny Breer is now the Dwight Schrute of the Flyers organization. He's the Matt Klentak of the the Philadelphia Flyers. He's a special assistant, whatever that means. The general manager. I tell you, man, there's there there are few jobs better in sports than uh, practice squad quarterback, get yes. paid like two hundred grand to just hang out, work out, and like a retired player that was like very professional. And just like gets these like special assistant jobs, and just gets to be in. No, I'm sure Danny Breer actually like works. Like he puts on a suit, goes to work every day. Probably is involved and I think in he's, some decision making. He's the but, GM of one of like the Flyers, uh, like low end minor league teams. But the, and that's the thing is, just by virtue of just like being like you could be practice squad quarterback and then turn into like special assistant whatever, and you just that like you just get to hang out. And just like talk hockey or whatever for the rest of your life. And you're just made. <laughs> you're a made man. Yeah, it's the uh the ECHL double A hockey league. It's like double A hockey basically. Danny Briere has some sort of role with them. Um That's good. It's on the same level as the Flyers, so Yeah. And it's not even a Flyers uh, it's just, affiliate either. It's it's hard to really know what even special assistant means it's such a nebulous term i don't know i hockey's weird too because so many like ex-players have actually gone on to be like good gms mm -hmm. that it's almost like yeah why not at this point why not? <laughs> why i mean would you rather have danny briere or chuck fletcher right I yeah danny briere is the president slash governor of the main mariners <laughs> the governor <laughs> love to see that He's definitely got the best headshot out of everyone. He's got a nice profile look. Good for Danny. Um, I mean, let's be honest. It's, I think, mostly a uh, a nostalgia thing. You know, like, no one can really get upset. It's it's a lot of these a lot of these teams, especially struggling teams, will do this. Mm -hmm. They'll appoint, like, a nostalgia guy that everybody loves. And there's, you know, no one's ever going to, like, openly criticize Danny Briere unless things get really bad. So... I think that's where this is at. Yeah, I'm trying to think of... Uh, but just so, I just want someone to tell me what special assistant means. I really do. Right. What does that mean? Like what? Because assistant doesn't have to mean nothing either. No. You know, like assistant could be lots of things. There are assistants who work very hard. And there are assistants who do nothing. So, I mean, I don't know. I've been like <laughs> trying to think of other like former athletes we've had that have been named to like these like... <laughs> We all know the traditional Big Four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. For lack of a better term, like made up roles, right? Yeah, some and that's the thing too. Sometimes they do. This seems legitimate. This seems mm -hmm. like you know, because like, I think he was actually like interviewed for this and like yeah. whatever. Like sometimes they just give these guys like, hey, like 
uh, show up to the link every Sunday and we'll give you $200,000 for the season. Right. You know, like, and just get hang out with the fans, maybe do some like, uh, charity work with us. You know, you show up to like X amount of signings at a school, mm-hmm. you go like whatever that kind of just, you're like an ambassador. Yeah. Not really actually. I know like Connor maybe. Barwin is in this role right. with Howie Roseman. Does it mean? What does special assistant mean? That's such a such a bad phrase. Again, when you have the same title as Matt Clentak, worried. It's tough. Worried about that. Very tough. Um, man, wild stuff. Uh, we do have breaking news, and it's unfortunate news. Uh, Jeremy Giambi, former Philly, passed away. Holy shit! Only forty-seven years old. Um, wow. Yeah. Damn. No, like, cause of death reported yet. He uh, passed away at his parents' home in California. Jesus, man. According to his agent. Um, so, sending our best to the Giambi family. Um, former wow. Phil. Damn, 47. Rest in peace, man. That's crazy. Tough. Wow. Crazy. That's one of the first, like, big phillies that like i remember yeah damn because everyone always talked like everyone always talks about how we always end up getting the quote-unquote right. wrong brother damn that's wow. wild that's shocking i think we're getting baseball this year that's not looking good huh <laughs> that's what i've been wondering not looking good it's not looking great because I was just thinking, you know, like, this is the time where you start really thinking about baseball coming back. And uh, normally, you know, pitchers and catchers would be reporting, like, this week, right? Or next week? Next week, I think. And this is about Typically. the time the Phillies would sign all their free agents. Too. Right, yeah. This is the Jake Arriata season. <laughs> um, so I was, like, thinking, like, damn, you know, like, I should start looking into, like, maybe taking some time off work, you know? Like, maybe catch an afternoon game or just, like, take a day off so I can go, like, to a night game the night before and not have to worry mm-hmm. about, you know. And then I'm like... I don't know that. Uh, t- <laughs> I don't know. That. You know, there's no, great. there's no, uh, no promo nights to like scroll through. I know. Like, is that worth going to? Because they they like... wiped away all the stuff too involving the promos. Like they had it up. There's supposed to be a Bryce Harper bobblehead night this year, but now it just says rostered player bobblehead night. Sucks, dude. It's the worst. Um, did you see Matt? The Nintendo Direct happened today. Oh, yes, I did. Nintendo Switch Sports. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Yes. So many game announcements. Oh. Nintendo absolutely snapped. I had, I had an absolute fit while I was cooking dinner because uh, I didn't get to watch it live, but I like tapped in as they were showing the Mario Kart 8 expansion DLC, uh, which is now 48 courses. I think it was like for 25 bucks. Yeah, $24.99. They're all remastering through, like, all the stuff. Rest of the year. Like I love the old like N sixty. Like that's the Mario Kart that I like grew up playing a ton yeah. of was the Mario Kart sixty four. Um, so getting like a lot of those back is gonna be sick. Uh, yeah, Nintendo Sports coming out is awesome. Like Wii Sports is so much fun. It's kind of yes. crazy the Switch is getting like all this five years into the cycle. We're getting now. MLB the show. <laughs> yeah, like and um, I don't know. That's just surprising because especially with the Mario Kart thing, like. Obviously, the big rumor coming into this week had been like about Mario Kart Nine and how yeah. that was, and which made no sense because Mario Kart Eight is a port of a right. Wii U game that is the best-selling game like ever, ever in Nintendo this, history. Yeah. <laughs> just it people just are so, still buying it. It's like, still plays. It sold like forty-five million copies mm-hmm. on the Switch. It didn't even actually come out on the Switch. Yeah, and part of that is because it's a really popular bundle, but it's like right. it's such a juggernaut of a game. So why would they make a new one? Exactly. There's literally no the point. People are still buying Eight. And They're now, not gonna you make know, nine. you get like. A few million to buy just the expanded pack, and boom, you're like that's you're in the same spot. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, lots of lots of games. And I'll, the, I'll list these off for the you. The biggest too. one was Mario Mario Strikers yes. coming back. I yes. love Super Strikers Charge yes. on the Wii. It's one of my favorite oh, games the ever. I love it so much. And I had I had been thinking in the last like year or two, like damn, I would love because. Um, me and my wife got the Mario and Sonic at the Olympics mm-hmm. and they have a soccer game in there. It was so much fun. And it was like, it's kind of similar to super soccer is also going to be on switch sports. Right. 
but it's like it's kind of, it was kind of similar to Super Strikers. Like, damn, like Super Strikers looks so cool on the Switch. Like the graphics was so cool. Like I loved playing that game, and I'm, I I was so pumped when I saw that that's coming out because I I just did not expect it. That was totally out of uh, out of the blue for me. Yeah. So I'll list off these games. You tell me the ones you're most excited about. We're getting a new Fire Emblem game, which I've never gotten into Fire Emblem personally, but I've heard lots of good things. Uh, I personally never been. The only invested. like full-blown investment of fire emblem i've gotten is the characters that are in super smash brothers right. um which is like half of them now right, right. <laughs> we are getting um let's see some other game we're getting splatoon 3 right uh which i played the original splatoon on the uh the wii u and very fun um we're getting front mission first which is uh Looks like a full-blown, just kind of RPG-esque looking game. Um, we're getting a free-to-play Disney and Pixar Combat Race or Disney Speedstorm, which looks like Disney and Pixar's version of Mario Kart. Mm -hmm. uh, we are getting... Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I've always heard like amazing heard things great about Xenoblade about Chronicles. That. I just I never never played any of the other two. It looked uh, that's actually like when I like yeah I watched the Mario Kart one and that was the last one that they played at like the, the live event and I just watched the trailers for everything else. I was watching that I was like that looks pretty amazing. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> we're getting Mario Kart uh, the the remastered courses and the DLC obviously. Switch Sports, which is also bringing three new sports of soccer, volleyball, badminton. That's going to be so much. That comes out in a couple months, April yeah. 29th. Um, we're getting a free Metroid update for Metroid Dread. Um, we're getting a Portal yeah. game, which I saw a ton of my friends very excited about. Portal coming to the Switch. Mario Strikers Battle League. So can't wait oh it looks so good <laughs> can't wait we're getting an earthbound game yeah um we are getting a new kirby game where he becomes a car man i love the i've not like played kirby in such a long time but um kirby in the forgotten the, land uh, kirby nightmare in dreamland that was yeah. uh that was a classic game for me yeah kirby becomes the car Many uh, many doctor's appointments waiting rooms were spent playing <laughs> Kirby Nightmare yes. Dreamland. <laughs> uh, and I mean, you've you've got your hands on uh, yes. Pokemon Legends of Arceus. I've been playing uh, an unreasonable amount, actually. Um, more Live than up I, to the hype. It's un It's truly, I gotta say, it's like everything you'd kind of want in the Pokemon game. That's awesome. it's so much. You get to just you get to just run around and just throw Pokeballs at shit. And you, there's no limit on how many you can catch. It encourages you to catch more. And it's like, what's cool about it is like Pokemon for me was always, there's like 10 that ten Pokemon you use in a Pokemon game. And mm -hmm. that's it. Because they're the best ones. Why would you use any other ones? Like the game essentially comes down to battling. But like it rewards you for actually using all different Pokemon. And it's fun and it's so easy. And you can actually, you can switch out moves. You have to go to like some move tutor mm -hmm. and relearn things and whatever. No, you just, you can learn new moves and swip them out whenever you want. That's dope. Like if you know you're going to an area that maybe has like more water Pokemon, you know that you can switch out to make like, even like your fire type have like a lightning move now or electric move now and boom, you're That's good. That's awesome. It's a blast. Um, The most recent game I've been playing, I got it for the, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy game. Uh-huh one of the best games i've ever played it is so much fun um highly is amazing dude the switch is it's like, amazing <laughs> such a cool little thing i love it it's so i'm cool. so happy i'm so happy that they're getting we're getting all this, this mario kart dlc stuff too like because you know it's the the console's been out for five years like, right which the shelf crazy. life of a console is like not much longer than that usually like year seven year eight is when you you get the new one i mean mm -hmm. that's still a few years away of course but it's just it's cool this late into the life cycle now you're getting these awesome games and breath of wild 2 is supposed to come out this year i was really hoping that we'd get something definitive on it um because that is i think that might be my favorite game ever like i just I, I don't know that like i've ever played a game that i loved and enjoyed playing as much as that one so i'm very much looking forward to the sequel which is 
supposed to come out this year. And I was I was really hoping we'd get like something, a title. Yeah. <laughs> a title. Or if it just a, a what's a season of when it's coming out. Right. Just tell me, is it late summer? Is it the holiday? Just let me know. So I can put away 60 bucks right now. <laughs> uh so that's our little peek behind the curtain with the Nintendo Direct, but Matt Again, the whole podcast hosted by Steve McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at GetInTheWholePod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. It feels like it's been forever and just yesterday all at the same time, but we are a month away from survivor season 42 oh yeah so it's our buffs and stuff survivor 42 cast check we got the cast and tribe breakdowns today from the official survivor account the tribe names are vati taku and ika and we've got some pretty interesting characters this season okay Mike looks like a classic Survivor player. Yes. Like he looks like he would have been on Heroes vs. Villains or something. That's awesome. 100%. I will say, we did really good last time. We did. Looking at people. I know now that I said that, we're going to do awful. Terrible. And pick it. But we had... Um, Deshaun was our guy. Deshaun was our guy, and I mean, made it to the final three. Survived, like, <laughs> the the death row thing. Like, uh, we got interested in Xander. Who was it? Was definitely like again final three, a big player for the rest of the season. We uh, got made it to the jury. Interested in Evie. I'm trying to think. Danny. Yeah, yeah, Danny. Like we like. I don't know. Just by looking Nasir at people, made it to the jury. Yeah, just by looking at people from the initial, uh, initial like just looking at their faces, not even reading bios. Been pretty all right. Yeah, <laughs> for our first soiree, really, uh, with with Survivor on the show, but. Uh, here's the next try with Taku. Oh, man. Tough. Jonathan kind of looks like, uh, the guy from Jackass. Who am I thinking of? Chris Pontius. He looks like Chris Pontius. I did see Jackass this weekend, by the way. Oh, my God. Those movies are just Talk about something that's national treasures. Well. He, he looks like a young Chris Pontius. Yeah, he kind of looks like, uh... If you took Xander and Ricard yeah. and like mashed them together, he's like Wild Boys Chris Pontius. Yes. Like. <laughs> uh, and then we've got Ika with one of the, we we've got an all name team Survivor castaway this season. Roxroy. That's Roxroy is like that's a that's a name <laughs> that's a man. Name. That is like that's one of the, yeah that is like an all Survivor name right there. Roxroy. I like his picture too. Yes, I like I like what I'm getting off Roxroy. Hard, hard to. I'm not getting much off the faces here. Not yet. We've got a Romeo too. With an ultimate Nintendo Wii character haircut. <laughs> That's the classic, just shortcut. So we are in the Survivor preseason. Right. We're a month out from survivor season 42 so get ready buffs and snuff segments coming back to the show uh in just a month which is wild to think about survivor season 42 premiering on march 9th can't wait man how really like we're already like now i'm starting to think like damn i gotta start like catching up on college basketball i know like doing some like i gotta you know because march Madness is already a fluke but you gotta know something you yeah gotta, you know damn man we have uh, make it out of January and the the dates start flying by. We have we have Survivor debuting and then that Sunday is Selection Sunday. Jesus, damn it! <laughs> it's all going too fast. There's it's, too much going on. It's going to be absolutely wild. Which uh, we do have. Uh, speaking of March Madness and Selection Sunday, uh, I had a meeting earlier uh, last week. We have somebody who's coming on board, Matt, to do a bunch of March Madness stuff and some stuff with our show, editing-wise, YouTube-wise, because we are now on YouTube. If you haven't already, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, Thomas Center Chia, which I think is going to be fun banter for us because he's a New York kid, Giants-Yankees fan, Oof. but he knows March Madness like the back of his hand, and I'm going to show you just how much he loves March Madness. November 9th, 2021, already had his Final Four pin tweet. Wow. 
Who's he got? Okay. Michigan, Nova, Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. And Oregon. Okay. November 9th had his final four picked out, so he will be doing a, a ton of March Madness coverage for us, and he'll be uh, doing a, a ton of behind-the-scenes stuff with us as well. Very fun, very funny uh, personality, and kind of like us, kind of, you know, has a bit of a, a writing background and then taught himself how to podcast during the pandemic, so welcome aboard to a uh, newest member of the underground, and of course... You guys got to follow us on social media to keep up to date with everything we got going on. Daryl Morey is trending right now. Don't know if this is just carryover from... Uh, yeah, believe me, I've been re- refreshing. It's nothing, <laughs> nothing new. Don't worry. Um, so follow us on social media at UndergroundPHI on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and now YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel because pretty soon... You're going to have full video episodes of every podcast on our network, on our YouTube channel. That's Underground Sports Philadelphia, Outside the Box, Top Bins, you name it. It's going to be on our YouTube channel, so subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check out our website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. Follow Matt on Twitter, at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Follow the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash PHI. Facebook, facebook.com slash underground sports PHI and uh, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five star ratings and reviews. Let us know how you're feeling about this James Harden stuff. If a deal gets done, uh, your excitement about Survivor, if you're one of our Survivor fans, and of course, anything else that comes to mind, your, uh, your thoughts on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Hall of Fame inductees, five star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts, and five-star ratings on Spotify as well. Uh, blow up all of our ratings. Help us, you know, find more people to uh, listen to the show. And, of course, uh, big thank you to our sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And, of course, Tomahawk Shades, Go to TomahawkShades.com. Use promo code USP at checkout for 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. And our friends over at Kenwood Beer, go to KenwoodBeer.com and use the Kenny Tracker. See us Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. You must be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. Super Bowls this weekend, too. Go Joe Burrow, baby. Get the gat. <laughs> I was trying to explain... Uh, Joe Burrow to my wife and to get the Gat stuff. It, kind of, it went over her head a little bit, but I was like, he's just the coolest. He's so cool. He's just the fucking coolest. <laughs> like, like, God, like, I, uh, God damn, do I want him to win so bad. <laughs> fun fact, did you, did you know the Bengals are the only team in the NFL who do not have an indoor practice facility? Really? So they just, I mean, Cincinnati gets cold, man. It's right on, like... Got a river right there. They too. do not have an indoor practice facility. They don't have a bubble. Nope. <sighs> Shit. <laughs> I feel like if you if you're a Midwest team, you gotta. I feel like if you're any team. Yeah, like any. But I mean, I don't. Yeah, I guess even like, like the hot teams, you know, like because you get like that good climate control. So it's not like you know, just drenched in sweat every time you practice. Yeah. But damn, that blows surprising. my mind. And also, shout out to the boys. He really is Joey Burr, huh? Yeah. Joe Burr. The ice is real, too. He makes too much money. I want him to win so bad. Bengals Bengals plus four. You know know why I want them to win so bad, too? Because I don't, you know, listen, I'm not going to pretend like I know if Zach Taylor's a good coach or not. Because I don't think anyone really knows. But every single NFL nerd has not shut up about how Zach Taylor sucks. And I just think it would be hilarious if Zach Taylor wins a fucking Super Bowl. Well, everyone has been like saying how stupid and awful he is and how much better the Bengals would be when he's not there, and then he wins a Super Bowl. I just think that would be really, really funny. That and then all the nerds who said it was dumb for them to take Jamar Chase instead of Panay Sewell. Hey, man, sometimes, you know, you just have Jamar Chase go down there, <laughs> and he sees down there somewhere, I'll just chuck it at him. I mean, come on. They're such it's a cool like, team. It's like... It's like NBA Jam, but like yeah. football. Like it's just fun. So I, fun. If you don't like the Bengals, if you're not like, listen, I have no qualm with the Rams. Right. Whatever. Our boy plays for them. Right. But I mean, it's just it's 
hard to not yeah. want Joe Burrow to win a Super Bowl. That's it. I think the only knock we have against the Rams is Sean McVay. Yeah. He's the only guy Even that like him, is like, meh. I don't mind. Right. Crazy. We are we are a pro Bengals podcast. That's what I've learned. Shout out Joe Burrow. And you know, I, I love me some Tyler Boyd. He's one of the most underrated wide yeah. receivers in the NFL and doesn't get enough love because he's the third option there. But go Bengals, go Jameel. This has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 402. For Matt, I'm KB. Until next week, we are signing off. Peace. Peace.